This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now we turn to an unexpected side effect of the precautions most of us are taking to avoid COVID-19. Dry eye is on the rise. And it's a very uncomfortable condition that can compromise your vision. And it's also associated with aging. And well, apparently, the increase is the result of wearing a mask. It even has its own name, mask-associated dry eye. So what exactly is this and why is it happening and what can we do about it? Let me give the numbers out in case you have some questions. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And now I am going to Dr. Richard Maharaj, optometrist and member of the Ontario Association of Optometrists. Hi, Dr. Maharaj. Hi, how are you, Libby? Fine, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on to talk about this. So how did you first figure out or notice this side effect? Well, I had noticed, I mean, we've been treating dry eye for many years, and I had noticed that during the shutdown, uh, when we were closed physically, we had a lot of patients calling in through telemedicine complaining about their dry, irritated eyes. And uh, it took me a while until I had one patient come in where uh, her eyes were so significantly red, I was concerned that she had an ulcer on the eye. And in fact, when she came in, I noticed this pattern of uh, dryness on her eye that was consistent with the angle at which the air was entering her eye from her mask. Uh, And so sure enough, I saw this repeatedly. And uh, um, at some point in June, a colleague of mine in the States had uh, had made the same assumption. uh, And we came up with um, uh, this sort of final analysis that the air coming from the mask um, being blown back into the eye is actually exacerbating and making dryness worse. Okay, I'm 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 just trying to you know uh, get a mental picture of this. So you have yeah. your mask on, and the air. Uh, so could you uh, alleviate this by wearing the mask at a different angle? Well, it's a good question. I mean, most most people are probably familiar right now with the experience of your glasses getting fogged up, yeah. and that is because the air is kind of coming up through. Uh, the area around your nose, unless you pinch off, you know, so some of these surgical masks will have the metal wire uh, that allows you to pinch it off to seal the airway, but there's still air transferring through. So the best thing to do, number one, is to try to seal it as much as possible. Um, short of that, the next step would be in actually providing some type of sealant there by using tape on that area. So in my clinic, I will tape the bridge of my mask so that there's no air transfer back towards my eyes. Um, and that helps to alleviate some of it. It doesn't take care of it completely, but it does help to alleviate that. And does that make it harder to breathe? Or No, it doesn't. It, uh, it doesn't change uh, any, any, anything, in fact. It does make my eyes more comfortable, though, which is obviously what we're after. Um, the other thing that's important to do, though, knowing that this, this air transfer to the eye is causing these symptoms, is to also bolster your tear film. So make your tears thicker by adding lubricants to the eyes uh, in advance. So I would recommend using like a non-preserved artificial tear on a regular basis. You know, we brush our teeth every day. 
it makes sense at this point because most people are wearing masks to lubricate the eyes more regularly every day. So is that with something that you would use for dry eye anyway? That is, yeah. So what's interesting about this uh, mask-associated dry eye is that it's not just affecting people that had dry eye before, but it's taking people that might have been sort of borderline or didn't know they had it to revealing the disease that was underlying the whole time. So it, in, a, in a way, it's sort of bringing out this condition that was laying dormant before. Mm-hmm. And uh, is, it, uh, is it all older people or do, is this affecting people of all ages? People of all ages. I mean, I like to think of myself as young, but I'm 43 and I've had dry for many years. But this particular period of time, the last uh, several months has been has been difficult for both me and my patients. So this is not just a, a, a condition or an observa- observation of the age. This, uh, this is affecting everybody. And the more screen time you have, so again, a lot of people are occupying themselves by watching Netflix or getting on their phones and watching for all hours at a time doing some binge watching. You know, when we binge watch, when we're on a PC, we're actually not blinking as often. So that also increases the exposure. If you think about it, when your eyelids close, that's actually when our eyes and our tears actually heal. So if our eyes are open in a normal state, that's when the tear is supposed to do its job. But if we now have air that's blowing in there and drying those tears out, well, there you have your problem. Uh, and in terms of the glasses, uh, so I've been told, and sometimes I've tried, I don't wear glasses all the time, but um, that if you put your glasses on top of the mask, they won't fog up. How does that affect your eyes? Yeah, so a good question. Um, so your glasses actually do provide a little bit of a barrier to external air. So in a normal world where we're not wearing masks, and I say that normal in quotes, um, we, our, our glasses can provide almost like a humidifying chamber effect. Um, the only challenge now, though, with the masks is that the air gets trapped between the mask and your eyes, and that causes the fogging. Now, there are some uh, uh, different types of anti-fogging you know, wipes and cleansers that you can use to minimize that, but glasses do help because in addition to that, they also sit sort of firmly on the bridge of the nose, which can also add to that sort of sealing of the upper uh, border of your mask. So they are somewhat helpful. And dry eye, a lot of people, uh, you know, don't take it that seriously, but it can impair your vision. Absolutely. Um, and unfortunately, this is, this is true. So the eye, the cornea, is meant to be a nice clear window to the world. Um, when dryness, when your tears are imbalanced, due to low oil or in, in, imbalanced protein or low water or high evaporation, like with, with mask-associated dry eye, it causes that skin, that tissue to dry out. And if you've ever had dry skin, it gets that sort of flaky uh, look to it. Well, the cornea can go through the same process. If the skin dries out sufficiently, it will start to, or it can, I should say, start to you know become infected, scarred. So in extreme cases, it can lead to vision loss. The good news is in North America, we're pretty active at treating this. Patients are, are fairly um, responsive when they start to develop symptoms, so we don't often see that. But it can, when it's even being treated, because the tears are unstable, your vision can, can fluctuate. And fluctuating vision, if anybody's ever experienced that, um, is also quite debilitating, particularly at night or when visibility is low if you're driving. Um- you talk about the surgical masks with, you know, that little metal bit where you can pinch your nose. So is, 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 is that a better choice than a cloth mask that a lot of people are wearing? Um, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a better choice because even with that metal 
um, that bridge, it's still not a, a perfect solution. I mean, in my case, I still have to use an adhesive, a tape across the border. So I don't think that it's necessarily any better. I think that as long as, um, you know, whichever mask you're using, I mean, ultimately we want people, everyone to use masks. Um, whichever mask you're using, you're just mindful of, of, of trying to get it sealed. Some people will actually put a, a, a layer of tissue sort of along uh, under the upper border of the mask, whether it's a cloth mask or a surgical mask. And that, again, helps to kind of minimize some of the air transfer. Um, that stays in place? <laughs> well, some of these you, things. <laughs> I mean, all, everything that we're doing these days seems to be a little DIY, but if you, you can actually put adhesive on the tissue paper so that it attaches um, to the, the backside of the mask so it actually can stay there in place. So, yeah, that does work. In fact, I, I use that on occasion when I'm out and about. You know, frankly, I'm thinking uh, the, the tape would irritate my skin. So, yeah, and that's quite true. So there are certain types of, of tapes that we use in medicine um, that are, are, are non-irritating uh, to the skin. So you're, you're absolutely right, and it's something that people want to be mindful of. I'm not suggesting that everybody go out there and buy tape and mask themselves, or sorry, tape themselves up, because it can be an irritant. So is it like, um, do you, you want to use paper tape? You want to, Yeah, you'd want to use medical tape. So, you know, your average pharmacy would have different types of medical adhesives. Okay, because I know even with um, if I uh, if I you know get an IV or something, mm-hmm. there's uh, there's uh, I guess is it silicone there, and then there's just paper tape which doesn't stick as well, but uh, doesn't irritate. That's right. Yeah. So the paper tape is probably the least uh, the least offensive, the least irritating. Okay, so uh, just to give us a sense, how common is this, and uh, you know, our, you know, what is the state of awareness about this? Um, well, in terms of how common it is right now, it's it's actually very pervasive. I mean, if you're wearing a mask, your that blowback is happening regardless. Now, the question is, you know, how many people um, that have this condition actually know about it? I would say, in general, dry eye affects approximately one in three Canadians. Um, so, assuming that number. You know, that's, that kind of gives you a rough idea. One in three adult Canadians have dry eye. Mask-associated dry eye, that number is going to climb. Um, in terms of the awareness, it's, it's something that we're, uh, we're learning about as each day goes by. Much like COVID itself, we learn newer, newer and newer facets of it. So awareness is on the rise. I mean, programs like yours and, and uh, outreach from um, the Centre of Ocular Research uh, and Education at the University of Waterloo are, are doing as much as we can to educate our patients and to educate our peers on this, 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 this condition. It'll be interesting to see, you know, years from now, if we've actually increased the prevalence or the amount of patients with dry disease because of it. Okay, well, uh, thank you for telling us about this. It's important information, and we appreciate it. Dr. Richard Maharaj, thank you. Thanks for having me, Libby, and oh, you stay safe. Thank you. You too. Okay, and that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.